There's a battle going on today for the heart and soul of America, and the right side must win. It's time for America Can We Talk with Debbie George Addis. On America Can We Talk, we talk truth about America and why it matters to you. America Can We Talk starts now. And good evening and welcome and thanks so very much for tuning in. I'm Debbie George Addis. This is America Can We Talk. On tonight's First Five, I want to talk about a topic I hope I never have to talk about again in my entire time on radio, which is... As you all know, there was a school shooting here in Texas, in Santa Fe, Texas, on Friday. And obviously, it was horrific. Uh, Eight students died, two teachers. And, you know, I want to say a couple, uh, I hope, kind of healing things, but also things about what we do as a country coming together. There's so much political tension in America that comments from the American left are always down the line of, well, NRA doesn't seem to care, gun owners don't care, as though the NRA or the gun owners committed these shootings. And there are, there's just a lot of uh, hand-wringing about, how, and uh, hand-wringing is the wrong word. There's a lot of angst, there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of just, I mean, Everyone in this country deeply, deeply cares that we put a stop to the school shootings. Everyone does. So my three points on tonight are, we may have to, even those of us who strongly believe in the Second Amendment, at least look at ways we can try to prevent these kinds of things from happening again in a manner to the greatest degree possible, consistent with the freedom to own and to keep and own firearms. And the reason I mention this, the Second Amendment, and this is my second point, is to recognize that the Second Amendment is not in the Constitution to give people free license to go hunting if they want, or even necessarily primarily for self-defense. The Second Amendment is in the Constitution directly and only to preserve the balance of power between the people and the government. That's why there's a Second Amendment. It is as important as freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, the right to due process, the right to uh, not incriminate yourself. It is a vitally important amendment. It has to do with the balance of power between the people and the government. And the third point to recognize is leftists throughout world history— including leftists in this country today, no matter what they tell you about wanting to have reasonable or sensible gun restrictions, and that's always the language they use, we just want reasonable restrictions and sensible ones. The true story is leftists always support gun confiscation. It's just what the truth is, because consistent with that leftist idea of wanting to be in control of the country, being a a very powerful federal government, having control over the people, leftists, since time began, since modern history began, always want to keep want to confiscate weapons. They want to keep guns out of the hands of people. So our ability in this country to come together to find solutions must keep those things in mind. Leftists will always take your guns away. Having said all of that, the left wing also, the solutions after incidents like this are always to look at gun restrictions. And I'm saying there may be some we have to do. There may be some things, some narrow things that some states can change or add or revise. But if you really want to get at solving the problem, the problem is not the gun. 
I tell you, our three kids went to school here in Dallas. Most of their friends came from homes where parents had guns. They had guns in the home. The kids knew they had them. The parents had them. Nobody shot anybody. The kids did not grow up. Our kids and their friends and this, the whole gun-owning culture is filled with people who have never committed a violent act with a gun. If you try to just regulate guns, you don't solve the problem because the real problems are deeper and they're harder to talk about and they're harder to solve. But they are the conversations we have to be having. And those include things like recognizing the just over uh, the overprescription of psychotropic drugs many of the school shooters have been have been taking those kinds of drugs and not well tested not 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 drugs that we should be relying on most of the school shooters that we've all these horrific stories you've read about come from fatherless homes they come from homes where there's not an intact family unit and a dad role modeling manhood and a woman and, and a, a nuclear family unit. And we have allowed the left to steer and control our society, to mock the importance of a nuclear family unit, to, through social policy, diminish the presence of a, the, the prevalence of, of the intact nuclear family unit. And we're seeing part of that outcome. We also have a culture of violence. And, you know, I am a huge supporter of the First Amendment. I don't want regulation to change this, but it is also true that we have a culture filled with movies and video games and rap songs and other music filled with violence and the encouragement of violence. So if you really want to solve the kind of problems we're talking about, you cannot solve them by taking away all the guns. You know, England tried that. England has outlawed guns. And in London is the stabbing capital of the world. London, and it is the acid attack capital of the world. If you don't solve the culture, taking guns away does not solve anything. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk. We come back. I'm going to tell you what the New York Times managed to report while Congress could not get the information out of the Department of Justice, but somehow the New York Times knew all about it. This is about the Mueller thing. Don't go away. Our military and veterans have served all of us, defending our nation whenever and wherever duty calls. But at home, when their families need support, they know they can turn to Operation Homefront for help. Operation Homefront provides military families with critical financial assistance, transitional and permanent housing, and family support programs throughout the year to help prevent their short-term needs from turning into long-term struggles. When you support Operation Homefront, your donation will make a real difference because 92% of their expenditures go directly towards programs that our military families need most. Each year, Operation Homefront serves thousands of military families, families in your community, helping wounded veterans transition to civilian life, helping military families pay overdue bills when their loved ones deploy overseas, and helping them through their short-term struggles. Make a difference today and help serve America's military families. Visit OperationHomefront.org. That's OperationHomefront.org. Do you dream of a better world? One where poverty and hunger are a thing of the past? What if you could make a real difference in the lives of those most in need? The solution to poverty is not handouts, but hope. The freedom and opportunity to use one's talents and resources for good. At Five Talents, we empower the poor to start their own small businesses. 
Five Talents works in some of the most difficult places in the world. With $85, you can help a new entrepreneur escape from poverty and build a sustainable business that helps her whole family. Can you think of anywhere else your gift can work that effectively? When you walk with Five Talents, you bring opportunity to those most in need. Join us in demonstrating the greatness of American generosity. Visit 5talents.org today to learn about the impact you can make. That's 5talents.org. F-I-V-E talents.org. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit First Liberty to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's firstliberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to firstliberty.org now. The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are and to speak your mind, is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE your support. Welcome back to America Kimmy Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. So glad you've tuned in. And I'm going to take one second and switch this this uh, camera. So you can see us on Facebook Live. Okay, something's wrong with it. If you're listening on Facebook Live, sorry, so distorted, but glad you're here. And I want to just finish two more things about the uh, gun issue before I turn to uh, the revelation at the New York Times. Uh, one is that... Texas Lieutenant Governor uh, Dan Patrick said again, he's a friend and friend of the show, uh, said that he thinks we should consider uh, limiting the number of doors of access in and out of um, schools that maybe don't. And we also ought to be considering whether teachers can be armed. I have to tell you my two cents. If we have armed guards at jewelry stores and banks, which only guard things, this schools guard children. 
And the idea that people are just so upset about having, now I'm not talking about every teacher or especially teachers who aren't comfortable with guns, but if you're a gun owner and you know how to handle them, you've been trained, the idea of teachers and administrators being permitted to have guns at school kept away carefully so that the students cannot get access, but that could change everything in an instant like this. Getting rid of the gun-free zone silliness, you can, and even for a while if we have to, we may have to have kids going through metal detectors. We have to be, talk about serious changes, we may have to do all those things for a while. Have permitting, permitting teachers to be armed, having a, uh, a I mean, we have metal detectors in the public schools in Texas. I've noticed them in some of the schools. This is just what you do because the answer cannot be we're so hung up on some pristine standard of gun-free zones that will put children at risk just to prove we can have some some uh, proud intellectual. You know, we're above we're we're above uh, Second Amendment kind of things. We're just we're just into uh, you know a pristine environment that they cannot preserve. There's just a need to get serious common sense, and we can't take years and years to do it. Cannot take years and years to do it. Okay. Changing the subject, I was going to say, President Trump had a tweet out today. And by the way, all the stories I mentioned on the show are up on our website, americacanwetalk.org, and also in this Facebook. If you're watching on Facebook Live, I'm looking at it. I'm sorry, the camera's so distorted. I'll figure that out in the break. But um, I do want you to check out this tweet that President Trump put out because it really sets the table for a lot of what we're about to talk about. President Trump's tweet is a little while ago, 20, well, this is earlier today. I hereby demand, this is the president, (laughs) I hereby demand, and will do so officially tomorrow, that the Department of Justice look into whether or not the FBI slash DOJ infiltrated or surveilled the Trump campaign for political purposes. And if any such demands or requests were made by people within the Obama administration. Now, I put in my flyer, my show flyer that went out this week, that the Democrats are, are shaking to the core. The Democrats are worried in Washington because what they first thought was all the shenanigans of this coming up with this Trump-Russia collusion story was going to cause President Trump to lose the election. They thought they had this in the bag. But second, once he did win, they thought all of what they were doing would result in him being unpopular and eventually impeached, perhaps criminally charged. This plan is backfiring. And on top of that, the inspector general... Uh, of the Department of Justice, Michael Horowitz, who's been writing his Inspector General report. And again, if you don't know this, federal agencies, including the Department of Justice, have an Inspector General who is who is independent, who has the right to ask questions, gather information, file reports. That Inspector General Horowitz is going to soon be releasing, and date keeps getting pushed back, but soon be releasing his assessment of what actually happened in the 2016 election cycle and beyond, the 2017, all the time that this special prosecutor has been involved, or special counsel, he was originally called, Robert Mueller, looking into the Trump-Russia collusion thing. But the big news in this story last week, and the clip I'm going to play for you in just a moment is about this, this, um, this big news, was on Friday, backing up, the House Intelligence Committee and the Senate Intelligence Committee Keep asking the Department of Justice and the FBI for various records. Tell us who did this. Tell us what happened here. Give us this information. And darn if they just are stalling and stalling and stalling and backpedaling and promising and not doing things. Well, on Friday, the New York Times and Washington Post ran with a story essentially saying they got the leaks 
that the House Intelligence Committee can't get their hands on, but they got the leaks that show that the Department of Defense, the DOD, paid the, uh, the let me say the right name, the Department of Defense's Office of Net Assessment, which is like a nebulous, doesn't mean anything, which is intentional, paid Stefan Halper, H-A-L-P-E-R, this is the guy they paid, two payments of $200,000 each to spy on the Trump campaign during 2016, your tax dollars at work. And I'm going to play. So so Devin Nunes, the chair of the House Intelligence Committee, not that happy about this. He was this morning on on a Fox with Maria Bartiroma um, talking about this. So if we have clip two, Greg. You can't do this to political campaigns. But, but I mean, this was done. I mean, according to them, this was done in in the spring. The, I mean, the, before the counterintelligence investigation was even open, if that's true. We need to know about it. So, well, the New York Times reports and, and the Washington Post that somebody was paid. Somebody was paid and they were interacting with the Trump campaign. You want to call it spying? Fine. But somebody was paid. Isn't that right? That's what the New York Times says. If, if they paid someone, it's an absolute red line and this is over with. I mean, I, I don't know how to say this. I mean, there is no possible way that, that we should be allowing, even if it was legal, we should never allow this in this country. Congress should not allow for anything like this to ever occur again to any political campaign if it, in fact, happened. Okay, folks, I want to just tell you basically what they're saying happened. This is going to be an ongoing story. As I've implored you several weeks recently, I'm imploring you again. Do not get tired of this story. Do not think, well, okay, enough, enough, okay, so maybe Mueller was out of line, maybe the Obama Justice Department got a little bit sideways and got a little overzealous and started looking into the Trump campaign. This is a corruption to the core of the idea of the rule of law, if what now appears to have happened actually did. Let me just quickly explain. This gentleman, and I use the term loosely, Stephen Halper, first, what he basically was did was he was paid to get inside the Trump campaign to befriend low-level people who didn't figure out what was happening to them and asking questions, planting seeds of doubt, asking, well, don't you think maybe Trump knows something about those uh, emails? Don't you think Trump maybe knows something about the Russians and the Russians? Don't you think that the Russians probably have Hillary's emails and they're going to give them to you? Planting seeds of doubt, planting ideas in these people's heads. So he first contacted Carter Page. You've heard that name in July of 2016. Uh, Later in, so this is his guy Helper at the behest of the Department of Justice. Helper is doing that. And then in late summer, he met with Trump campaign co-chair Sam Clovis, the same guy, at the behest of the Department of Justice, apparently. Meets with Sam Clovis, offers to provide foreign policy expertise. Yeah, that's a code word for I'm going to, you know. Anyway, let me finish this. To offer to provide foreign policy expertise to the Trump effort. Clovis said, no thanks, we're busy, um, and moved on. And then September, this helper again contacted George Papadopoulos um, and volunteered to be an unpaid foreign, no, Papadopoulos is an unpaid, unpaid foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign. And this guy, Halper, invites Papadopoulos to London to work on a research paper on energy for which he paid him $3,000. The Washington Post even concedes this is a standard intelligence trick to offer to pay a mark you're trying to recruit for a report or even an innocuous subject. So somewhere in this whole area, era and time frame, Papadopoulos ends up talking to Downer, the Australian, saying, well, yeah, there's, and Downer's asking, and so Papadopoulos said, yeah, there's something about Russia and the emails, I don't know. 
So Downer, the Australian, goes back and tells Department of um, Justice, yeah, I think there's something going on. This was a setup. And in the worst context, beside that this was a setup, and maybe I have to spend a whole show sometime laying all this out. I've done it numerous times. I don't want you to get tired of the story. But this is a kind of thing they used to do in the KGB era. This is in Russia. This is setting up a guy, setting up a campaign, your political opponent, to go after them, to take them down. That's what these people were up to. And on top of that, this is against the backdrop of the FBI being fully aware that Hillary Clinton had had an unprotected server, had endangered national security secrets at the highest level by sending national security secrets back and forth on an unsecured server. They they chose, though the, she clearly violated the law and there was no intent required in the law, decided she couldn't be prosecuted. This is the FBI that let the entire Uranium One deal go. Hillary, no accountability, no responsibility, but at the same time, willing to set up the political opponent of Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton to bring him down and to continue this charade up until now. So, folks, I got to tell you, don't get tired of this story. Go to our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org. Read these links. Read them yourself. Understand how serious this is because it really becomes a compromise, not just of the FBI and the Department of Justice, but the whole idea of the rule of law. Debbie George Addis, America Can We Talk. We come back. We have soon-to-be Senator Kelly Ward in studio. Don't go away. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony List, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today.
Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high, to promote free market health care, expand energy security, protect intellectual property, and combat onerous regulations that destroy American jobs. Politicians often talk smaller government, but then vote for more of it. By contrast, IPI has never veered from its mission to defend the Constitution and fight for freedom. If you want to be informed about free market policies and solutions, go to IPI's website and sign up. All of their information is free for sharing. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. As I mentioned before the break, I have a guest in the studio tonight. I love when guests are here. So first of all, we can both wave because we're on Facebook Live. I have Dr. Kelly Ward. She's visiting us from Arizona, and she is a candidate for U.S. Senate. And you, you've been on the show, I think it was like two years ago. When I, but anyway, love having you here. Thank you so much. I love being here with you. It's fun to be in studio with you. It's so much more fun in the studio. Yeah, I love it too. So I'm just going to start with it. I know you're running for U.S. Senate and from Arizona, and you have like the latest primary I've ever heard in my life. When is these Arizona primaries? Yeah, like August twenty eighth. So it's it's very late. We uh, but it gives us a lot of time for people to get to know all of the candidates a little bit better. We've got a wide open Senate seat. There's no incumbent because I got rid of Jeff Flake back in October. Um, disposed of him with my thirty points ahead in the polls, and he knew he couldn't could not win. And so. Um, we're working very hard. We're leading in the primary, in the polling, 36, 27, 22, and working every day to extend extend that lead so that we go into the general in a very powerful position uh, so that we, we can get me to D.C. so I can get to work. I love that. In addition to being an actual medical doctor, Dr. Kelly Ward is also a former Arizona state senator. So she's had great legislative experience. But I must tell you, and I'll tell our listeners too, you should go to her Facebook page for her campaign. It is the most busy i mean and just so many events and there's so many like happy looking smiling people waving and i I love it i just think there's tremendous energy in your campaign oh there is people are 
are energized, are motivated, are inspired because they understand that we don't have to have Jeff Flake 2.0. We don't have to have John McCain 2.0 serving in the United States Senate from the state of Arizona. We can have a thoughtful conservative leader with a proven track record who goes there and and gets the job done, you know, for far too long. Uh, you know, Arizona has been suffering. And I, you know, I do like the joke whenever they say, hey, we're going to finally turn turn these seats into Republican seats. Yes. Oh, amen to that. Yeah. You know, to our listeners, uh, if you are interested, one reason that Kelly's here, there's a fundraiser for her in Dallas here tomorrow. So if you want to email me at AmericaCanWeTalk at gmail.com, I'll tell you all about it. Oh, we'd love to have you. And, and our Facebook, you know, all of our social media is at Kelly Ward AZ. K-E-L-L-I, so at K-E-L-L-I, Ward, A-Z. Come join the join the engagement and the interacting. It's really is, you know, it's great there. Well, I will tell our listeners, too. I went out to an event uh, several months ago, and you just had a lot of big players get involved, getting, getting behind your campaign, one being Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Oh, yes. It, yeah, that's pretty huge. It is, <laughs> and and he was uh, he was such a gracious man when he came out because you never know what to expect when people come to 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 support you. And he came out to endorse me, full throated endorsements, and he talked about how he sees the similarities between President Trump and me, which is, I mean, just such an honor. But he knows it's he knows true, Donald actually. Trump. He knows that Donald Trump is results oriented, and he knows that Kelly Ward is results oriented. And the two of us in Washington together will be an unstoppable force to keep America great in 2018, 2020, and beyond. You know, what a great thing, actually. I do, uh, I've commented many times in, in the show and in speeches, President Trump is doing so much of his agenda by himself. He does not have the GOP in the House or Senate. I mean, sometimes they're a little bit with him, but I think they were kind of waiting it out, see if the Democrats are possibly going to remove him somehow. But to have the energy of someone in the Senate like you just saying, yeah, I'm on the same agenda with him, I think I think it'd be such a, a, a breath of fresh air in the well, Senate. Well, we need it. You know, our, our conservatives that are in the Senate need reinforcements. People like Senator Cruz and Senator Paul and Senator Lee, they need reinforcements. And, of course, President Trump needs reinforcements. And they can't be these fakers that come out at campaign time that pretend to support this agenda and to support this president because they they think it's going to help them get elected. I've got one of them in my race right now in the primary. Well, I she surely was, wasn't going to say anyone's name. But yes, I didn't say I'm not going to say her name, but she she was never for President Trump. She won't admit that she did not vote for him. She won't say that she did vote for him. She let Hillary Clinton win her own district by five points. She um she's she's a campaign conservative. She is Jeff Flake 2.0. Actually, her conservative record is worse than Jeff's and re- worse than Senator McCain's it, from Heritage Action to Freedom Works to the American Conservative Union and beyond. She is an F-rated congresswoman. And we, you know, in a, in a language that she'll understand, she failed her check ride and she should <laughs> not be promoted because she's an okay. F-rated, F-rated congresswoman. And we do not want that. We do not need that. And we don't need the, the misleading campaigning that we're seeing on the ground. I'm loving this. I want to mention a couple other of your endorsements, and then I want to run through some issues. And seriously, just you can whatever you think's fine with me, but I want to ask you what you think. Sure. So I want to mention also, I mean, the real conservative leaders in the Senate, for example, uh, Senator Rand Paul yes. has endorsed Kelly Ward. It's, it's pretty, pretty darn huge. Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Mark Levin. I mean, when you think of the people, at least I can tell you when I think of the people, 
on a big issue. I want to hear their take or how they think we should solve it. These are the people you wonder what they'll do. And yes. they're behind. I, I think it's wonderful. Um, and the last one uh, is Ed Rollins, chairman. He's now chairman. Yes. Okay. Award for, I didn't even know that. Yes, he is. And and for those of you out there who are, are on the younger side, Ed Rollins was Ronald Reagan's campaign manager in his reelect. And believe me, the the GOP establishment did not want Ronald Reagan uh, in the same way that they're they're fighting against me. Mitch McConnell put up uh, my opponent. He he has handpicked her to go to Washington, just like Chuck Schumer picked the Democrat opponent that I'm going to face in November. And um, whenever Ed Rollins says that he sees me as the face of the new Reagan revolution, it is uh, such an honor and it humbles me so much. But I am willing to pick up that mantle and run forward with it. I just love it. Honestly, this list of, I'm going to put this up. I didn't have this flyer. I honestly wasn't even aware of all these endorsements. This is a lot of energy behind your campaign. Well, and on our, on our website, we have the full list, and they're unveiling a new one every single day. So if anybody wants to be involved in the drama and the suspense every day, a new one is coming out on the website, kellyward.com. I love it. And Kelly, K-L-L-I. Okay, first issue I want to ask you about. The uh, Congress passed an enormous omnibus, a really, really big bill. And uh, I guess uh, President Trump signed it because that's the best he could get out of them. But what was your thought about that? Should they should have should the Republicans have fought harder to to have less spending? One hundred percent. You know, I was very, very disappointed in the bill. It's one point three trillion in spending, the second biggest ever passed. And uh, only two, you know, two people voted for it in Arizona. My Republican opponent and my Democrat opponent joined together to force that on President Trump and on all of us as Americans. And that bill has a lot of poison pills in it. Pills that I'm not willing to swallow because we've been forced by by politicians again and again and again to swallow this poison. And it's making our country sick. One of the biggest poison pills is $500 million, half a billion dollars to Planned Parenthood. It's unacceptable, and it should never be included in any budget. And to think that these two women voted for that and forced it on on all of us. I wish President Trump had vetoed it. I, I do. I was cheering. I was hoping whenever he had that little room set up that we hadn't seen before that he was coming in to veto it. But I think he felt like there was no he had no choice because there was a veto proof majority and they were threatening with the government shutdown. But what I heartened me was that he said he will never sign another bill like this one. And the way we make sure that doesn't you know, that that he doesn't have to is we send different people to Washington, D.C. who will never send a bill like that to President Trump or to any executive. Exactly. I, wow, you are just you're you're on fire. I love it. Okay, so on that omnibus bill, I did notice that. So the omnibus bill was passed, and as you say, it funded Planned Parenthood. Uh, President Trump decided um, this week that he is um, that he's he. Uh, I can't find the article. Anyway, Title Ten. He decided he issued an order, a regulate an order in Title Ten, just saying that no money that came through Congress could go to an organization that provides abortions. Yes. So this was great because what he did, he, he put up with what Congress did. He, he, and But, you know, it's really funny because I think some members, I know some members of Congress because we've talked to them, uh, said, oh, we, we didn't fund Planned Parenthood. What they mean is they put money in on a line that says for family planning services. and They didn't put the words Planned Parenthood as though that counts for not funding when they know that's exactly where it's going to go. That's right. Yeah, just crazy. Okay. So, well, yeah, but the Title 10, I'm so glad that he utilized – a provision that Reagan had had used in the past that has already passed Supreme Court muster. 
So this should be a strategy that will work. Now, it doesn't mean that all money that's going to Planned Parenthood will suddenly go away. It just means that they have got to create really a wall between their abortion services and anything else that they might happen to provide. And as I think you and I have even talked about this before, the idea of any entity or a family budget if you say, if some source comes to you and you say, oh, no, I won't spend it on that, but you just freed up that amount of money to share, you know, that they're giving you. Yes. To, so you're really funding abortion, whether you're, you're admitting it or not. Well, so. I have a great cartoon on my on my social media um, that shows the money coming in from Congress into Planned Parenthood and then being trucked out by the DNC. And that's actually <laughs> what they did was they trucked money into Planned Parenthood and they're going to utilize it against Republicans to try to turn a lot of places blue. We're not going to let it happen in Arizona, and I'm sure you're not going to let it happen in Texas. Uh, we're, we're everything we can think of in Texas. I'm Debbie George Addis. This is America Can We Talk? And if you're just tuning in, I'm sorry for you, but we have Dr. Kelly Ward in studio. We're going to zip off to a break. When we come back, I'm going to run through a bunch of issues and have her tell you how she thinks. So come right back. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. If you want to get at the issues that really matter for women and men, Go to IWF.org. That's the Independent Women's Forum. IWF is all about increasing the number of American women who value free markets and personal liberty. IWF's motto is all issues are women's issues. They bring a fact-based approach to politics, policy, and culture. When the left tried to peddle a phony war on women, IWF shot back with facts and figures. American women aren't victims in need of ever-increasing government protection. And IWF doesn't think things are perfect, but they believe that individual liberty is the key to prosperity and fulfillment. Along with their sister organization, Independent Women's Voice, IWVoice.org, which is a leader in the fight against Obamacare, they offer policy papers, op-eds, and a popular blog on issues of the day. So visit IWF at IWF.org. That's IWF.org. America is greatly blessed by the men and women serving in our military who are defending us every day, making our freedom possible. Military families also serve, and they face hardships while dads and moms are far from home. Military families endure frequent moves around the country and overseas, requiring them to adjust to new schools and make new friends over and over. They also face anguish while their soldier is deployed overseas, often in harm's way. The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org. 
and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit ArmyScholarshipFoundation.org and get involved today. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. We have in the studio tonight Dr. Kelly Ward. She is an Arizona a doctor, former state senator, and now candidate for U.S. Senate. And her campaign is kind of on fire. And when you look in Washington, my conservative listeners, when you look to see what are the real thinkers of the movement, what are they, how they see things, these are the people backing Dr. Kelly Ward. It's, it's a phenomenal thing. So really exciting to have you here. And again, I'll tell you, there is a fundraiser for her in Dallas coming up tomorrow night. If you're interested in knowing about it, you can email me and I'll send you details. It's my email is americacanwetalk at gmail.com. Okay. So there was a vote in the Senate this week, this, uh, the uh, Kelly Ward. And I want to ask you about it, which was Rand Paul, well, one person who has endorsed you. Yes. Um, and in the Senate, the idea of this was it was a way to cut spending. Mm-hmm. And Jerry, you know about this? What Rand it's Paul, basically yeah. the penny plan. Yes. Uh, you know, he's he's reigniting the penny plan, saying if every agency and every entity in the federal government cut just one penny, one little penny from every, every dollar that they spend, we could potentially balance the budget in five years. And that's not cutting potential future gains. It's actually cutting their current spending, which is what the swamp hates. They don't don't want to cut their current spending. The thing that was disappointing about the bill is um, not about the bill, but about the vote is that only 21 Republicans supported it. Though I can tell you, I bet 51 Republicans campaigned on balancing the budget and fiscal uh, sanity. And cutting spending. Oh, yes. yeah. They all ran on that. That's I, right. I was going to say, just to take small credit for the great state of Texas, we did have uh, both, uh, of course, Ted Cruz, our, the very conservative Ted Cruz voted for it, even John Cornyn. Uh, yeah. But um, anyway, so what would you think about that? Would you well, I mean, I think I, I have been touting the penny plan for a long time since before I, before I was in any federal races. That's for sure. Definitely when I was in the Arizona State Senate as a as a way to balance the budget and maybe even before I got into politics. I just think it's a great sane idea. Uh, we have to control spending. We have to send people to Washington who are fiscally sane and have a backbone. <laughs> 
who yeah. have because the people that are there expose themselves again and again and again in our own party as big spending Republicans. When Senator Paul came out to Arizona to endorse me and to support me, he actually coined a, a term for my opponent. He called her Martha McSpender, and she oh. is a McSpender. <laughs> She's McAmnesty also, but she is a McSpender. That's a great term. That's a great term. I'm going to remember that. Martha McSpender. Okay, I like that one. Well, I love that you would support that, too. And I do. I feel kind of, I feel like our voters on the Republican side, they get duped. They get excited because people say, oh, I mean it. I'm going to cut spending. I'm, I'm really for this. I want fiscal conservatism. They can't do it. They cannot do it. It's just, and they won't. Right. And well, so, you know, when you look back at the omnibus bill, okay, it had things in there that we want. We want to fund the military. We want our military to be the strongest military in the world so that we can have the Reagan doctrine of peace through strength. Now, you can't exchange the want of that and the desire of that for the poison of funding Planned Parenthood, of fully funding Obamacare, of building walls around the world, halfway around the world in the Middle East, but not in the United States, not giving one new dollar of funding for our wall. So we have to send different people to Washington, D.C. That's the bottom line. And we have to do it in the primaries when you have the big spending Republicans in your state. Absolutely. And in your case, I was just realizing recently, I'm probably slow to the game here, but Arizona's can end up with two new senators. I mean, I don't wish Senator McCain or anyone ill, but he's obviously very, very ill and I won't be returning to this. He said he won't be returning to the Senate. So you're going to have two new, two new senators. It's a great opportunity to yeah, just send some fresh bright. blood. It's a bright new day in Arizona. And and um, we have a heck of a chance to to really make a difference on the national stage for people in our state, but also across the entire country and really in the world. Okay, so speaking of the wall, you mentioned the wall a minute ago. I wanted to turn to that. You know, we're Texas. We're in the great state of Texas. We have a border, and Arizona has a southern border. But I know you've been all over the states. So you must have been down by the border. Is, is the border wall or border security? Is it is it a really big issue to people, or is it kind of a does it get trumped up by Washington and the people in the border are not that concerned? Right. Uh, well, to put it in Trump language, language it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. And I was just down at the border in March. I was down in the Tucson sector. In April, I was down in the Yuma sector, and they have different um, different kinds of terrain and different pros and cons. When I was down in the Tucson sector, which is the most open part of the entire border in, in all sectors across the southern border, the, the least controlled, I, I went to the border with a rancher named Jim Chilton. He has been down there for 30 years. His family's been in Arizona for five generations, and he has a ranch that's about 55,000 acres that he cattle ranches. And about 25 miles of his property is on the border with Mexico. And the border is a lot of things, but secure is not one of them. What is securing the border is four flimsy strands of barbed wire. And what we're seeing is that the drug cartels have have taken over the migrants and, and are trafficking in illegal weapons and dangerous drugs and in people. And the, the worst part is that humanitarian part of these people, because what they found is that they can sell a gun once, they can sell a drug once. But they can sell a woman or a child again oh. and again and again. So we've got to secure that border. We've got to build the wall so that we stop that kind of madness. Okay, so the ball, the wall in your vision, is it that it wouldn't be entirely contiguous across the southern border? It's the kind of wall where needed and other things. Is that right? Or I, don't know I mean, what you I think, think it's I think that it's going to have to be different depending on the terrain, because when you look at Arizona, it's very rugged and desert and mountains. And and when you look at Texas, there's some of that same, but there's also the Rio Grande that's twelve hundred miles of the border. And that is a different 
entity that, that's going to be different. You can't build a wall in the middle of the river. Um, so we've, we've got to look at every single place and figure out what is the best physical barrier that can be put in place that can be a symbol of a right and a wrong way to come in into our country, but not just a symbol. Also a significant detriment to these bad guys who yep. are trying to bring harmful things into our country so that our Border Patrol has time to get there and to stop them from coming in in the first place. It's so amazing that we have to argue in America uh, politically about whether border security matters. Right. I mean, and the people on the border know the most why it matters. Well, I'm reading a book right now called America's 50 State Border Crisis, and it is by Howard Buffett. And he has he's a philanthropist and he's a a, a rancher and he's a, a lot of different things. And we we are not just seeing problems in border states. These problems that start at the border are in every community, in every state in this great nation. And so we've got it. We've got to secure the border. And that means build the wall. It means a lot of other things, too. But but funding and building the wall has to happen first and foremost. It's astonishing. We can't that that even was a question in Congress. It's yeah. amazing. And that we didn't get it funded in the omnibus bill. Yeah, with all the other spending. Yeah. Okay, so you know people use this expression all the time, which I, I like too, but drain the swamp, which, you know, historically or anciently, Washington, D.C. was a swamp, but yeah. that was kind of a fun, you know, a double entendre. But the serious idea of changing things in Washington, drain the swamp, what is that? I mean, I love the expression. I know what I think, but what, what does it mean right. to you? Well, and, and we actually have been using it because Arizona, it's pretty hot. It's hot in Texas, but it's really hot in Arizona already. Uh, we've had some interns and new staffers come to Arizona. And I said, oh, well, when it's summer, it's actually going to be hot. And they said, wait, wait, what do you mean? It's going to be hot. They think it's hot already. <laughs> yeah. So we are, you know, what I'm working hard to do is bring the heat to drain the swamp. And, and um, that means shining a light on the things that are bad on the left and the right that are happening in Washington. A lot of people ask me because my campaign colors are red and yellow, and we have a lot of yellow in the campaign. And people say, why did you pick yellow? Well, I mean, yellow, it's not just because McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's picked red and yellow because it's very noticeable. Um, It's not just because I was a Chi Omega when I was in college and our (laughs) colors were cardinal and straw. It's not just because it's the color of the Gadsden flag, but it is because yellow is such a positive, bright, happy color. It is the color of sunshine and the color of light. And it's a symbol of the light I'm going to bring to Washington, D.C. and shine on that swamp so that we can weed out corruption. We can weed out the the fakers and that we can get back to the representative republic that our founders envisioned for us. I love that symbolism of yellow. I didn't, I honestly hadn't drawn attention to that. So now, now, or thought about that. So now I will. I love that. Shine the light. Okay. So with respect to draining the swamp, I have loved that the Congress has begun working with the Congressional Review Act and they are actually reducing regulations. That's got to be part of the, part of the, the meat and potatoes of draining the swamp, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, I, whenever Trump promised, you know, to get rid of two for every one, and now he's, I think, at 21 yeah. for every one, that yep. every new one that's proposed, that's amazing because that lifts the burden of government from the heads of businesses and from the heads of individuals so that we can live free, freely, that we have the liberty that makes America so great. And so, yes, draining the swamp definitely means re- reducing regulation. It means lowering tax. It makes it means 
making sure that we have more of those crumbs that Nancy Pelosi yeah. talked about in our pockets. <laughs> you know, we we want more of those crumbs in every American's pocket. Yeah. And um and it means, you know, doing doing something differently and and getting people into Washington who support the president and his America First agenda. Yeah, you know, it's a funny thing on, on the President Trump. I know that people get, uh, and I do hear it even in Texas where we're, you know, it's a pretty conservative state, yeah. and they like so much of his agenda, and they get sidetracked on, well, one tweet I didn't like, and one expression or something, and there's just, I, to me, the Trump agenda just kind of, it grabs what America is, and yes. I think you early on were on to the Trump agenda. Yes, well, yes, I, exactly right, because that those are the things that are going to keep America great. If we secure the border, if we repeal Obamacare, if we keep growing the economy as we control spending and we decrease spending and we work to balance the budget. If we build our military to full strength and we take care of our veterans, we're going a long way to making sure that this country is the great nation that makes the world a safer, better, more prosperous place for everyone in it. Absolutely true. I just that a strong America is just a peaceful, prosperous world. It yes, just it is. It, it, and it's it's amazing. We have to still argue about that or or cool. try to make that claim. So we only a minute left here. So okay. if people want to know more, like where wh- how they read about you, what's where should they go to, and also to help out. Well, I know people are listening all across the country, and so only Arizonans obviously can vote for me. But whenever I get to the United States Senate, I am going to be voting for every American across the country for who who really support a liberty-loving, constitutional, conservative, Republican agenda. They, people can get involved by going to kellyward.com, K-E-L-L-I-W-A-R-D.com, or come on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube at Kelly Ward AZ. Get involved in the conversation. Of course, people can donate online. As long as you're an American citizen, you can donate, and every single dollar goes a long way to making sure we get the right people in Washington, D.C., for the right reasons who are going to do the job the right way. Join me. I'm going to bring the heat to drain the swamp. Kelly Ward, that was just, you're just, you're just, I love it. Full of energy. So glad you could be here tonight. I do want to mention our listeners. I will put this up on our Facebook page, but there's a great scorecard in Arizona about her, one of the uh, opponents in the primary, whose name is now forever going to be McSpender. So after the break, next by tomorrow, I'll have this up on the Facebook page. Kelly, thank you for coming in so much. Thanks, Debbie. We'll be right back, folks.